0: I am Sheen, a scientist, social entrepreneur, Oxford and Cambridge graduate, and you are listening to Dream Girl, my weekly podcast where I chat to incredible women about their journey, career choices, and generally about being awesome. Hello and welcome back to Dream Girl. My guest today is Elizabeth Phillips. Elizabeth is a third-year medical student at King's College London and currently also training to become a medical illustrator. She's very passionate about art, education, broadening access to medicine and mental well-being. She also works alongside her medical degree in mental welfare education and as a project manager for Ali Abdal. As of very recently, she has started a YouTube channel, which hit 16,000 subscribers in just a matter of a few days, wherein she discusses her very nerdy interests. We basically have been pushing each other to work on the podcast and YouTube respectively, but most importantly, Elizabeth only owns black clothing. She's a bit weird.
1: Hi Liz, how are you today? Hi Shane, Hi, Shane. I realised that uh, you've added a, a few extra things to my intro there, I love it.
0: Of course, like I, I couldn't tell you that I was going to say all of this. I love that, I love that. How are you? I'm
1: good, it's sunny
0: today and it's weird how like, the sun just influences my mood a lot so I'm very happy today what about you
1: um I am very happy today not because of the sun um another weird thing is that I actually prefer the dark and cold um so um, (laughs) it's not like the sun will make me sad but it won't make me a lot happier but I'm feeling good I'm feeling good I had a good night's sleep so that's nice good night's sleep is
0: very important um so you are in London at the moment yes right I am Yeah. okay And uni's online now?
1: Um, Yes and no. So our teaching is online, but we do have some clinical placements which are happening um, in hospital. I've had one hour so far this year. Very exciting.
0: (laughs) How was it? Was it a bit weird?
1: It was the best thing that happened in oh. a long time. I could, I honestly, um, okay, I cried a bit after I came home because um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 100% serious.
0: Because <laughs> choice.
1: Um, it had been so long since I'd been in hospital. And um, he, yeah, I was I was kind of not been enjoying my course a lot for a while. Mm. And after just that one hour of, you know, seeing patients and doctors again, I was like, oh, I remember how this used to feel. And it was just amazing I sent a lot of texts to people being like um I know I've we've been having these long zoom calls about why I'm Mm -hmm. leaving medicine and that I hate it but um thank you for your time but sorry I feel great again (laughs) I love this so
0: yeah yeah (laughs) no but that's fair because like for what over a year now you've just been doing everything online and that's really difficult and different as to being in a hospital so I can imagine the
1: frustration yeah absolutely um it's not one of those degrees you want to do online and not see patients for because it can be just really Mm. depressing um yeah so gosh
0: but at least now you're back so that's good and it it will only get better from now on hopefully hopefully Okay, so let's start from the beginning. You are from Finland, right? Okay, so tell us. So you went to school in Finland.
1: How was that? Um, it was the reason for my accent, which (laughs) is like the main question that I get is, "Where is your accent from?" Um, so yeah, I went to international school in Finland. So my my very London accent got um transformed into a mess that I cannot define, cannot explain, um, and just yeah, it's very confusing um but it was it was amazing it's um it has one of the best educational systems in the world and mm-hmm. um you can tell <laughs> when you're there <laughs> um there is it's a it's, it's a bit of a different world um like gender equality is a huge thing uh, really freedom is a huge thing yes freedom of expression freedom of speech we don't have school uniforms at any stage um it's very different to i think school in in in, in the uk so yeah Wow. So, how did
0: you find it when you moved here? Seeing the difference.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think um, so. So, I I grew up in London. So, I'd okay. I I I remember some of it, Um, but I think Finland changed me in a way. I remember. Okay. This this is. I'll use this because it's a Cambridge thing. So you'll you'll be able to relate to this. (laughs) So um, I moved to Cambridge after I came back from the UK. By the way, this might turn into a very long podcast. Um, (laughs) great I have a lot of stories about everything I do that so you might need to (laughs) do it you're warned (laughs) Um, so I moved to Cambridge from the UK in April of 2018 Mm -hmm. and um one of my friends from work then said oh have you seen the colleges and I said no I haven't and they're like oh you have to do this it's a thing in Cambridge so Mm -hmm. I which absolutely beautiful um and w- w- when we went to the college he was like oh by the way we, we, we don't step on the grass um mm-hmm. and i was like oh, oh okay okay that's polite he's like mm-hmm. unless you're the dean the dean can step yeah. on the grass and i was like yeah. what <laughs> that made no sense to me um and i think in the uk and it's it's, it's nice that there's like this appreciation for kind of these historical things and mm-hmm. there's a bit more of this like i think people are in in, in structures and in 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 hierarchies and that does not exist in Finland um yeah so I think that was a bit of a a difference to me I was talking about it the other day with someone when I was like oh our um like our president shops in the supermarket without Mm -hmm. cards and they Mm -hmm. go for a run in the morning with everyone else and nobody blinks an eye and no one cares um there's a huge like equality is ingrained in in everything to the point that we don't even think about it until I can- I come here and I'm like oh my god you
0: can't step on the grass you exactly,
1: can't step on the grass and uh, yeah we have Cambridge and Anglia Ruskin and uh, those are two very different universities oh yeah <laughs> that that kind of thing was something that took a bit uh, of getting used to
0: yeah, no, I can imagine and I didn't know about like how things were so much better in Finland. But yeah, here it's it's like it's a bit outdated, I would like to say. And how it makes no sense. Why should your title decide whether you can walk on grass or not?
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's it's kind of like a romantic thing when I see it and I'm like, "Oh, it's just like the books here." So, as a tourist, um it is interesting, but mm. I think those things do sometimes become problematic and can lead to yeah. problematic things. So, um mm. yeah, I think it's a nice historical thing but perhaps not the best way to view the world all the time. <laughs> yeah, we just need
0: to update a bit on a few things. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so how did you then decide to do medicine? Did you always know you wanted to go into medicine?
1: Oh, this is again a long one. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <not. laughs> I did not want to become a doctor initially. Um I so when when I was younger, I I'm, okay, I'm a massive nerd. Mhm. Massive as in um, when I'm I'm also very much into sciences, so I was very big on physics and mathematics, especially. Um, and I I remember that when, when I used to get anxious, one of my coping mechanisms was to do derivatives or to get a physics formula. Oh and, my god! And try to derive it from like first principles. That would really calm me down um oh my god i I was bullied (laughs)
0: Um, i feel like they were trying to help you
1: (laughs) i was i was very much hugely into science and my dream was to become um, a scientist and an astrophysicist and i remember actually um oh my god i should have looked this up there was this this when podcasts started to become a thing there was this lady Mm. oh I don't remember. What her name. I'm going to have to give this to you for the notes. Um, okay, uh, but she had this podcast where she would interview sci- other scientists and just talk about, you know, how incredible um, the world is. And I heard this and I was like, this is my dream job. I just want to be a podcaster <laughs> and um, an astrophysicist and just like make people excited about science. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my 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 real dream It's still. What I would do if I could run away with a circus is I would okay. study physics and philosophy and um be, <laughs> do that. But
0: so why didn't you?
1: I was really shy. I was like, like very, very, very shy. I to the point that until the age of twenty, I could not pick up the phone if it rang, um, <laughs> much to my mom's frustration. And my parents made it very clear that this girl is hopeless. She's <laughs> never going to get a <laughs> job. No one's going to hire you. Like they were really worried. They were very concerned. And I was concerned for myself. And I think I, I kind of went down the, the, the line of thinking that, okay, you cannot succeed in life. You need to have a guaranteed job. Mm. And that was medicine to me. But didn't didn't that worry you? Because medicine is so like patient facing. Yes, it it did. So I went into medicine for all the wrong reasons. I don't come <laughs> from a medical family, so I did not know that. <laughs> I uh, I'm, I'm very lucky because I got very lucky. It could have gone the complete other way where I was have started mm. university. I thought this is terrible, but I went into it for all the wrong reasons, um, thinking that communication was not important. Um, <laughs> that you just need to <laughs> solve problems on your own and just uh, yeah. It, it, Terrible, terrible reasons to do medicine, but um, I I did well academically and, you know, I I, Mm -hmm. I got in and I think then it, it kind of, I took three gap years and in those gap years I read, I think maybe 30 or 40 books about medicine. Mm -hmm. And I think then it started to, 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 I started to clock that, okay, it's a bit different, but, um, and I was very nervous before starting university, but I think within the first few months, all the reasons for which I wanted to do medicine completely disappeared and... I was left with real reasons to do it. Yeah, but I remember for two years I was just in heaven. I could <laughs> pinch myself all day, every day, thinking that I love this so much. I was made to do this. Um, it, it it just felt incredible, and I've I've completely changed. And now communication and helping people is like the main drive for me to do anything. Um, so I got very lucky, I think, um, but it was completely accidental. Went into it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Yeah because now you're not
0: shy anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> how did you how, how did you like get over that? Um I think I was forced to. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> was it the
1: bullies? See, we need bullies in the world. No, it, it was not the bullies. It was not, the bullies made me quieter. Um it was I think um I think moving to the UK ha- and having to work. Um I think that changed things massively. So I think in the workplace mm-hmm. that's when I really um like real life experience, real life experiences, yes. Mm. Um, and then you know, okay. just touchy.
0: Okay, so now that we're talking about your gap year, you had three years, right, yes. be- be- between school and going to uni. Yes. So, to so tell me about that, because as I've mentioned it to you before, like this, I'm so impressed by this, right? We're, weren't you like working seven jobs
1: a day? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was. I was working a lot of jobs. Uh, yes, but both in my gap years and still now and in university. Um, it's so. <sighs> it's really boring, but, um, I, I had, a, <laughs> I had a student loan in, yeah. um, and I had to pay back that student loan to get mm-hmm. another student loan for university. I um, so I, I realized that I could not go straight to university, which was very heartbreaking for me. Um, mm. and I took one gap year and then that turned into two and then that turned into three. Um, mm-hmm. so they were not voluntary. Um, and I did work during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, these jobs were not glamorous by the way. Um, I, I was a cleaner and then I was a waitress, mm-hmm. um, so very much customer service and yeah. Um, sorry, I forgot your question. Was it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I was, my, my question was more, you know, um, I know that you worked several jobs during these three years. So, okay, let's say what, what was the biggest learning experience for you?
1: Um, I think they, I think the biggest thing was that when I was in school, I think, my per- my perception of myself changed. I think this is something that really m- made me become more comfortable talking to people. I think this was it because in school I was very smart. Um, mm-hmm. I say that now, like confident. I would have not have at the time. I was a bright child. I did Owned very well. It. Yeah, and that was my identity. Was this was the girl that you know will win the scientific prizes? She's a complete mm. freak. She's very weird, um, but she's smart, and I had that going for me um but when i finished school i had nothing i was no one cared that you know i could i knew these physics formulas they didn't (laughs) have anyone um no one cared that i'd read this these books and it came down to my skills and i had none (laughs) um and i think then i had to to very quickly kind of adapt and um create some human skills and communication skills i remember working as a waitress and um I would cry so much because the the, the guys at the the they, they were lovely, they were really nice, but they were quite sexist um, mm. in that they would not let me cash up ever. In the two <laughs> years that I worked there, saying that women and numbers just don't mix. Wow. And like no offense, but these guys had they'd not even gone to high school. Mm-hmm. And I was very good at maths. <laughs> And it would just hurt me so but much. But You are a woman, yeah. Because you're a woman, you know, we're not trusting you with the with the money and the numbers. That's just going to be a mess. We we've done it before. It's not going to work. Um, and I think I had to rely on very other from different skills than um, than than what I previously had. And mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I think that 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 really helped me with with communication and and being more comfortable around people, which is definitely something I didn't have before that's great but also you know uh,
0: you've told me the story of how you just decided to pack up your bag and move <laughs> to Cambridge and then you just found somewhere to live and you just got a job and then you were just you know managing your way throughout like you are so brave for like doing this I think I'm crazy
1: um I think everyone <laughs> There's a very fine line between them I definitely crossed that line a lot um yes I, I did do that I think my, my jobs in the UK were a bit more interesting Mm. And that I I came here and I was like okay I'm never working in a restaurant again. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just I did retail still, so it was customer service. Um, yeah, but but yes, I I I I did do that. I decided one night that I wanted to come to the UK already, so I booked a ticket. It was very cheap, luckily, for the next morning. So mm-hmm. at PM I booked a ticket for the next morning to come to the UK, um having basically like nothing here um and, and and no job and I remember crying so much that night thinking what have you done all your savings are now going to be wasted and you going to start from scratch from university all of this is you know for no reason um so yeah but you did it I, I did I did <laughs>
0: that's incredible i feel like this is so great oh you're right like it's a bit crazy because for me especially who always plans everything and you know i i try to see where the risks are going to be (laughs) so it's just this is mad but
1: didn't you do the same thing though like coming to cambridge now
0: yeah but i didn't do it like over one day (laughs) Like I would, I would plan where I'm gonna live. I'll book that, and yeah. I'll plan what other things I need, and I'll pack that. You know, it's, it's just a lot of planning.
1: Yeah, guys, this is the right way to do it. <laughs> this <same laughs> I wish I would do.
0: But okay, so so you've been in retail. Yes. Do you? Ha- I know you have loads of funny retail oh stories. <laughs> Please <laughs> share
1: one with us. <laughs> yes. Um, I think so. I worked in retail for two years. For two Mm -hmm. years in the UK and two years in Finland. Um, Okay. So, oh my God, I think... So I worked in Selfridges in London um, and I was a a product specialist and sales associate there.
0: I think... What is that? What is a product specialist?
1: Oh, uh, it's... So basically um, we sell a lot of things like from, 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 from different ranges and within Mm -hmm. a comp So you have the sales associate, which is, um, the person who can like sell anything, but the product Mm -hmm. specialist will do training in a particular department. So I was bedroom specialist and that's kind of Mm -hmm. like, um, bed sheets and pillows and things. And so Mm -hmm. you need to know everything like you need to know where were these geese raised? What were they fed? What? Yes. What were they fed to be put into like these pillows? And what do the- people ask for these? Definitely. What's the difference between a Canadian goose and a Hungarian goose, please? Um, and like these are the things that you, you really need to <laughs> niche down and know these because um, I mean, if someone's paying twenty thousand pounds for a duvet, I mean, I don't blame them. <laughs> <pay>
0: them <laughs> I'm clearly not asking much. the right <laughs> <laughs> questions.
1: I blame them for paying that much in the first place, but um, yeah. So they, they, you need to answer these questions. So. that that, that's basically what a product specialist is okay and uh yeah there's a there's a lot of funny stories honestly i mean the first one i'll just say um that the bedroom specialist by name so if there were if there was (laughs) listen if there's like a sales associate trying to do something and then you'd have someone who's like really picky or wants to spend a lot of money they'll be like oh you know what i'll just get you our specialist here so this is elizabeth she's your bedroom specialist can you guess how many times guys will be oh what a coincidence i'm the bedroom specialist too And I'm like, oh, 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 God. (sighs) Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of that. Um, But I think in general, you just get, I became a professional apologizer. Um, That's how I would describe my job at customer service. I would apologize, like for everything, things that I don't have control over. I'm so sorry, this didn't fit. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm
0: sorry, this didn't fit.
1: Exactly. Like, I'm so sorry that this, uh, this. You know, pillow you ordered turned out not to be a blanket. I'm um, oh. sorry that we don't do delivery on Christmas Day. Um, I am sorry that you don't have your discount code with you. Uh, I'm <laughs> sorry that this company discontinued your favorite candle. Like it's just, I'm sorry it was raining today. Like just, I'm every- sorry you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I think that that was most of my um, most of my job. Well, that's
0: frustrating, right? Because especially, I mean, I've seen people in retail, and and I know that customers can be so rude, and they always <laughs> assume that they are right. Which, which sometimes you're like, but, but honey, take a minute.
1: <laughs> I have so much to say on this. I agree. I agree. It's like, um, so coming from coming from science um, and, and doing science simultaneously, because I was I was doing medicine at this time. You know that there is. I have my qualms with the word truth because obviously you can go down the philosophical way of saying that, well, isn't such yeah. a thing? But, you know, we do have some things that are, <laughs> that we can reliably say <laughs> that are true yeah. or false. Um, yeah. they're factual, they're right? Factual, <laughs> yes, and it yeah. becomes very difficult sometimes when um, you, you, you just have to, to not be factual. Um, mm-hmm. We've had cases when people would say, I bought this here a week ago. And I'm just thinking, we don't sell this. We've never used <laughs> this as a company. Like you, you literally didn't. Like oh, I, I'll get my. I was. I've worked here for two years. I've never seen this product. I get my manager. who's worked there for twenty years. She's never seen the products. We go on the online. Um, you know, the, the back, the back end thing of the warehouse where we have every single product code ever produced by the company, and we're like, this doesn't exist. And she's adamant. You sold it to me last week. And what? <laughs> there's, there's there's nothing you can do except say you know, I, I, yeah, you're you're right. I'm very sorry, but for some reason, you know, our computer is just not showing it, and therefore, I cannot accept it back. Or like, I don't know what to refund you. I don't know what the price is. Like, yeah, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Uh, but you can't say you're wrong. Um, so yeah, with, with, within those constraints, it's a very interesting. I think um, very interesting job.
0: Yeah. It, it It's it's sad to see how like, you know, people who have money are the ones who become the most petty about it as well.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I don't, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's it's difficult because I, I don't want to judge, you know, people's, um, yeah. like how they're doing financially just based on what they're wearing, for example. But th- there are cases when someone's dressed in like £30,000 worth of clothes and mm. g- creating a fuss over a 20p discount. <laughs> And I'm literally like, I cannot process this. I'm so sorry. I do need this 20 pence. Like, it won't close the till. Like, I'm sorry. It's not that I don't want to give this to you. Like, if I could, i just put it out of my pocket and put it in the till right now. But I'm literally not allowed. <laughs> I would get hired. Um,
0: You're like, I'd rather give you the 20p than exactly, deal with I'm giving
1: you my salary right now for this month. Just please stop, like, harassing me. There's nothing I can do. Um, so, yeah, it's... <laughs> That's, that's, I mean, I, I can
0: tell why, you know, you lost all of your shyness after dealing with
1: all of this. <laughs> no, it's it's very, it's very interesting. I think the rudeness is something though, because um, very often you get the thing. And I think that was the thing that hurt me the most in the beginning when people would say, well, this is exactly why you work in customer service <gasps> and leave. Do they say that? Yes. And that. How rude. The, 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 it's, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, I I don't understand this, like trying to make someone feel small. What do you gain from it?
1: Exactly. It's someone you don't know. Like there and the thing with customer service is we're genuinely just trying to do our job. Um
0: yeah. You can't make the decisions, right? You are told what to do.
1: Exactly. Like I don't want to make your life difficult, really, honestly, honestly. Um, and if anything, I I just want you to be happy so you can leave as soon as possible and that (laughs) I have like good vibes in my life. Um, I don't want to make this painful. If it was up to me and and especially because I didn't work on commission. I yeah. I don't <laughs> care about your company. Like I really genuinely don't. I just want like I care more about you because you're a person standing here than this business. Mm-hmm. So I would rather you had everything in this place for free if it would make you happy. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Honestly. Um yeah. it's like I'm not trying to be difficult, but it does come across that way sometimes. So that's kind of <laughs> Wow. Well, from the, from the
0: sound of it right you do get a lot of real life experiences and you were so young then you just finished school as well so 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 would you would you recommend this thing of like taking a gap year and getting some like real life experience
1: oh i get asked this all the time i think okay i think so i need to preface it with saying i'm very cautious about giving advice ever um mm-hmm. and recommending
0: no, but you but you can say that this is based on your experience yes,
1: yes i can i can put it that way so um for me it absolutely was life-changing and i mm-hmm. cannot imagine what i would have been like as a medical student or a clinician without having had those years and the, the work that i do now for example it's grown me so much as a person so i think like if you feel as though you're some you could do with a bit more um, communication and people skills, which I mean, I guess mm-hmm. we all could. Um, were the, the, it, it, but it's that thing that's not a tick box. Um, you don't reach a point where you're like, okay, now I'm a good communicator, or um, mm-hmm. now I'm in control of my emotions, or now I know myself. Um, it's definitely a lifelong thing. But I think that working full-time, um, especially coming from someone who was a full-time student always, is a good way to kind of supercharge that um, mm-hmm. a bit more. And it does give you it does give you, I think, very, very good skills. I, I kind of think the American system has it right, wherein medicine, for example, is just a postgraduate. Um, mm. because, because, yeah, much to my dismay, it is all about communication. <laughs> and, um, and I think it, that insight into what people do and what life is outside of being a student is very valuable. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's definitely something that I got through through learning.
0: No, I agree with you. And I think it's not even just about medicine because, you know, just like you, I was in full-time school and then I went straight to uni. Mm -hmm. And the the first time I kind of realized how things work differently is when I started working at the library. So I was working, you know, like proper working at the library after hours and stuff. And then my life changed because (laughs) you become responsible and you have to deal with management. You have to deal with money. You have to deal with people who are unhappy. And then suddenly you're like, okay, life is not all <laughs> just nice <laughs> it's not all students being friendly and having fun and then you're like okay and then I did realize that okay this was my first experience of real life and it, it, it's very different and I think it, it's not that good for students to just stay in education until they join the workforce for good because then it is a bit of a clash and that's when people make the wrong decisions about choosing careers and stuff so I definitely back you up on that.
1: Absolutely. I'll back you up on that because you made the recommendation and I can very safely <laughs> say I fully agree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. So, okay. Now let's talk about medicine. Yeah. You did say that the first two years were wonderful mm-hmm. and obviously now you're struggling a bit because of COVID more than anything. But but what what's your plan with medicine in the long term?
1: Um, It's... I think it's changed. So I, mm. um, I got into medicine convinced that I was going to be a surgeon. Uh, okay. I, I I do a bit of art, and I love working with my hands, and I love very practical jobs. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely wanted to do that. This last year, like I said, has been very challenging. Um, I I feel terrible saying that because I'm such a privileged person, and um, mm-hmm. I haven't lost jobs or 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 anything like that. But within medicine specifically, in that aspect mm-hmm. of my life, it has uh, changed it a lot. Um, and there were times I genuinely thought like, I can't can't do this. I'm just gonna, um, you know, graduate and leave, or I'm just going to leave right now. Um, kind of, (laughs) kind of, but I think, I think I definitely calmed down even after that one hour. It's all it took for me to Mm -hmm. feel that, okay, no, actually I love this and I love being in hospital and I love being around patients and I love studying things. So I think, um, I, I i do want to stick to it i think neurology it's the first time i did neurology um and i know mm-hmm. this is like very i don't know if anyone cares like what, what i like about <laughs> medicine but um uh, but yeah i think that 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 kind of made me feel like oh i really could do this so i think maybe emergency medicine maybe anesthetics maybe neurology um one of those things so it's either something mm-hmm. very practical to give me that side or neurology which is like i just find very very fun uh, to learn about mm-hmm. but i think i'll definitely be staying in medicine in some capacity
0: Okay, that's good. And I think, yeah, you're so early on in your yeah. career, right? As a doctor, you still have everything to discover. And I'm sure there will be things that you like more than others. So yeah. just got to st- be patient with it, I suppose. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so you mentioned that you like doing things with your hands, and you're, I know you're an artist. So tell me a bit more about the artistic journey. So have you always um, painted and stuff from a young age?
1: Um, I think when I hear the word artist, it just makes me feel very uncomfortable. And it was, it was, it was such a huge step because I say it on my YouTube channel. Um, I'm always like, hi, if you're new here, my name is Elizabeth and I'm a medical student and artist living in London. And I hear myself say that and every time my heart just freezes, um, I feel like it's, oh, um, it's like I have a visceral reaction against the word when it comes to myself. Um, because I and, know, and I guess I'm a bit more comfortable with it. So like, the, the journey, the journey. Okay. Um, so i i always loved art i loved looking at it and i very much wanted it um Mm -hmm. i was very drawn to that i I guess now there's this word what's it called dark academia um which was not when i was younger yeah i I just discovered it (laughs) yeah i discovered it very recently too and i was like oh this was exactly me when i was younger this is definitely my kind of my kind of vibe but i was fine to that um so I loved art, and I really, really wanted to have art in my in my room and in my house. And my parents could obviously never afford, you know, real painting mm-hmm. and things like that. Of so, course, yeah. um, th- we didn't have any art art in the house. But my mum was very generous in that, you, and this was always her attitude towards things. Um, if you want something, make it and Mm. i'll get you the equipment which was often a lot nicer um so it was the same thing with clothes i I used to make clothes when i was younger and things like this because i'd see something i really wanted it and she was like make it um here here's here here's five pounds and go do whatever knock yourself out um
0: but you learned so many things from that that's a really good approach
1: i am so grateful to her for that because that's how i started making art i was like i Mm. love this painting i'm going to do it and they were terrible sheen they were so bad <laughs> like I, I see them now and I'm like Jesus Christ what were you thinking um they're really I loved them at the time and I was so excited I would paint on my walls of my house like, like thank god my, my parents were very like chill in this way mm. um so they would just let me do whatever I wanted to in my room um and yeah so that's how I started with art never any formal training um and therefore I did and honestly I only copy art So I never created anything that was my, Mm -hmm. it was just, I wanted these nice things in my life and I would copy them there. So when people Mm -hmm. called me an artist, that very much bothered me because I was like, I'm not artist, I'm not artistic, I'm not creative. And...
0: But you are being creative. You are literally not copying. Um,
1: I I guess a bit more now, like in the last few, like in the last year, but definitely not at the time. And still, I'm not sure that I am. Um, And... That's why I I never labeled myself as such, and I never went down the the artist pathway because I always had this you know this idea of, in my head that these are genius people that come up with you know these beautiful things, and I'm just copying them. And um yeah, so <laughs> so that was that was how it started. Um and then in my um in my first year of medical school, I found out about a postgraduate degree in medical art, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh no, I'm doing that. Like <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that. Um, so I, I didn't have a portfolio, and the deadline for application was in two months. So I spent two mm-hmm. months all day in Gordon's Museum at King's College London, just um, drawing things. I didn't have any sort of medical art um, done before. So what's a portfolio? Is it just like a collection of your work? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We, uh, there's a panel, and then um, they, they, they 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 judge basically what you put in front of them, and they see well, do you can can you draw? Um, do you mm-hmm. have the kind of the, the capacity to be taught to do these things and then they mm-hmm. accept you or reject you basically um oh wow <laughs> and you got him? uh i did <laughs> I, yay i did yeah um it was oh my god this is such a this is this just defines my life i'm so stupid because um <laughs> i was sitting there and in all my research for this i had not realized that it was a full-time postgraduate degree oh my god and <laughs> um yep <yeah. laughs> and I'm a medical student <laughs> and I had three jobs at the time. So and I found this out during the interview when they asked me that question. So can you imagine me sitting down and there's like six people and these are the illustrators of my medical textbooks, like these old respectable artists that I would just look up to just it's a very serious situation. And I'm just sitting there and they asked me, so, you know, we, we, we see here that you're a full-time medical student. How do you think you're going to balance two full-time degrees? And, and you were like, wait, what is full-time? <laughs> okay, ex- ex- exactly. That was what went in my head. I literally froze. I was like, oh my God, Elizabeth, what? Like, what do I say? It's so embarrassing now. Like, also, I'm just thinking of like the two months that I spent doing all this work and I really wanted it. So I came up with this weird spiel of like, oh, you know, um as a as a medical student i'm very organized with my time and um we were very lucky that we're very flexible with our timings and things like this and it's only half a day in hospital and i have a lot of extra blah 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 Mm -hmm. so yeah somehow i hustled my way in um but but yeah very please please.
0: so are you doing this full-time course now alongside medicine and all your jobs
1: (laughs) so um my first piece of advice I'm sorry I said I would not give recommendations but I will and it's please please read the guidelines if you apply to anything (laughs) especially before you make a huge investment um but um it's it's full-time for one year in the foundation program and it's part-time for two more years so it was oh that's okay yeah so it was full-time in my first year of medical school and currently it is part-time
0: so so the aim with this is to become a medical illustrator yes yeah okay so okay well you know just to give you some context i used to cut I, I used to be the second last in my class in art right <laughs> so i'm very talented and uh while i was writing my phd thesis i had to draw these like things because it's so much hassle mm-hmm. when you take a photo from somewhere you you don't just reference it you need to get permission to reuse it etc yes. you know the debacle yes. yeah and um so i decided to draw a spine <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love it. <laughs> no, but I am annoyed that you didn't tell me you were doing this earlier on. You I could to- have just got you to do it. See, <laughs> I had to
1: try it. it. Oh my God. No, I love that. I love that because this is, see, this is exactly how I started. So this is, this is, you, this is your start. You know, n- next thing you're going to know, you'll be applying to this program. Um,
0: yeah, no, but you know what I did? I cheated because what I did was I traced on top of something else. That's smart. Yeah. That's smart, that's smart. <laughs> Did it well. and, and it, it looked really nice i was so proud of it because you know why because my supervisor said oh you should reference this image and i was like hello i it. drew this <laughs> i love it i love it
1: I'll i was like now
0: <laughs> but you know like little sheen who came second last in
1: her class was like oh my god look at us yeah, referencing yourself there we go uh, i need to see this by the way so
0: i will send you a photo i will send you a photo, you. You a photo. but you. don't judge me okay i'm not a medical <laughs> illustrator <laughs> so 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 what would that entail becoming a medical illustrator
1: okay so it's, it's kind of like a license that you get in the uk um and it's mm-hmm. i think it's, it's recognized in many countries and it basically means that this person has gone through a rigorous training program and in which they know anatomy um and they know how to portray things and they are reliable to um to to basically put something in your study or in your book that that is mm. accurate um and so there's that aspect of it um and i like that aspect because it helps me with my medical degree (laughs) so um, yeah i need to know the fact that i need to know the names of the bones and the muscles and things i mean it's fun it's great i like it um and then the other aspect of it is the kind of artistic side wherein you do need to learn different mediums and it's everything from like watercolor to uh, pastels to um 3d online drawing and um or everything every medium you can think of so that's also very 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 fun um but yeah the, the, the goal eventually is hopefully to get licensed and then i can kind of have that little um, little hobby on the side uh, so yeah
0: that's really cool and I, I I know you already draw a lot when you revise and stuff so you could make yeah. like these really pretty revision cards exactly <laughs> oh that's so cool okay um cool and now I think what everybody who's listening probably wants <laughs> to hear about you know what it is oh my god yeah. <laughs> so tell me how did you start working for Ali?
1: oh how did I start working for Ali? okay I haven't yeah. actually talked about this in public before uh, okay. um okay okay so it's, it's it's a funny story actually how detailed do you want me to go uh up to you entirely um so i'm just aware of the time because this can this is <laughs> oh no no <laughs> you're okay <laughs> um so basically um this is a huge compliment to ali so i don't know if he'll be probably not listening to this so it's fine um but yeah. ali and neil degrasse tyson um and Rhonda patrick were the three like celebrities or the three people that i didn't know that i followed on instagram wow right he's up there he's up there um and neil degrasse Tyson is astrophysicist and um ronda patrick is uh, like one of the most amazing scientists out there um she's just incredible Mm -hmm. um yeah absolute goals um so so yeah Mm -hmm. and then ali was the third and um and he i just followed him about so this was in end of march early april i think of 2020 And Mm -hmm. I'd only followed him a few days ago. I'd seen maybe two or three of his YouTube videos, which was a lot for me in proportion to how many YouTube videos I'd seen at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really liked him. I was like, oh, this guy is so genuine and he's so smart. And he, you know, stands for the right things and he's a doctor. So I I really, really, um, yeah, I found him very entertaining. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I followed him on Instagram. And it was 2 a.m. on peak lockdown. um, Mm -hmm. And Ali was doing a live stream. And mm-hmm. I had never been on an Instagram live stream before because I don't put celebrities. So I felt like it's really weird. Was it wasn't just me, but like you can't watch your friends online live streams. Cause it's like three people. And I'm like, I feel really weird. <laughs> like I'm I intruding. I feel like I'm spying on you right now. I like, do I interact and not interact? It's really weird. So I never did, but then did I did and I was like, okay, let's see what this live stream is about so um he was doing pull-ups um, <laughs> and of course he was of course he was yeah so, so classic ollie weirdness um mm. and yeah you, i mean you know a lot better than me because you live with him so <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what he's up to at 2 a.m um <laughs> so yeah and he mentioned amongst other things that he was looking for a pa so um, mm. at this time i'd just left my selfridges job because of the lockdown mm-hmm. and i um i was looking for work <laughs> And I thought, you know what? Mm -hmm. I would love to be Ali's PA. Like, I would, yeah, that would be a very cool job. So, in my 3 a.m. state, I sent him a DM like, hey, Ali, just watch your live stream. Heard you say that. Um, I'm a medical student in London. I'd love to be your PA. Um, And Mm. I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning and I was like, God, Elizabeth, that's so embarrassing. Um, So, I (laughs) said, so I was like, oh, God. And he doesn't like, he doesn't read his DMs, surely. So, I sent him a proper email with my CV and like a formal application, which also, oh wow just as cringe in the opposite direction (laughs) in retrospect (laughs) um and yeah i sent him this and i was like he's never gonna read this he's not he's too big he's never gonna read this and actually that evening at 9 p.m he wrote back to me on instagram which i literally my heart froze sheen i cannot explain like how nervous (laughs) i was He he was like oh hi saw your um email let's have a chat and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have a chat with a Leo doll. And um, I was massively to guys. Like, I will, I will, like, like please don't be like this. <laughs> please don't do that. I um, was like,
0: <laughs> I feel like he should not know this.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and she calls me on the spot on like, um, instagram like Uh, video. what exactly at 9 p.m after like being in lockdown for two months i did not have any makeup on i was looking like rough and i was like oh my god i can't believe this so we just had like a a small chat and he was like yeah let's try it out for a week let's see how it goes um i think his exact reaction was like why the hell would you want to do this um Mm. money (laughs) yeah So I actually said that. there's the one job two I was one hundred percent honest. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is just this is for the money. Um, and yeah, we tried it out for a week, and that was months ago. And yeah, it's just like transformed since then, basically, and just taken a life of its own
0: yeah and then since then like you you've done so much more than this like you're helping with the pti ptya course and yes. all of that so it's been incredible and that's how we met as well by the way <laughs> of course i hate it so many of my guests i have to say that it's because of him oh my and, god ugh. yeah anyway he's a good person yeah. for
1: people though so i am um, like it's 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 fine
0: <laughs> I know, but I just don't like gassing him up too much. You know, um, he doesn't need it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's true. That's very true. He does not. He does not need it.
0: No, but yeah. So this has been really incredible, and I think what's really cool is that this led you on to create your own YouTube channel. Yes. <laughs> so how long has it been? Actually, like two months, three
1: months. Um, so it's the thirteenth, which is the day that I actually created my account uh, three months ago. And Oof. tomorrow will be the day that I uploaded my first video. Exciting. A
0: happy anniversary. <laughs> and within this short three months, you've got 16,000 yes, subscribers. Yes, yes, like, been, this is
1: mad. It, it's it, That's exactly the word. It is mad. It's very, very mad. <laughs> okay, so tell me,
0: why did you decide to go onto YouTube, first of all?
1: Mm. <sighs> I think I would be shocked at myself. I would not. I would not. Know who I am. um If I would look at myself a year ago, um mm-hmm. I, I like I said, I, I've, I've been passionate about talking about science and talking about things and connecting with people for a very long time. I just never thought YouTube would be that platform. um mm-hmm. I think it was a slow build up. In that, working as Ali's PA, I see his emails and it's just it's insane. Like it's oh, we said we we're not going to gas him up, but. Mm-hmm. people say that he's changed their life and um that he's so inspiring and that he's helping them and um the things that he doing he's doing are actually useful and i just loved that job as a PA and i love it so much because by association i just get to you know open this email at any point in the day and i'll just have mm-hmm. all these positive vibes and um mm-hmm. this like happiness being spread and people standing for the right things and um just connecting with each other and i was like oh this is so beautiful um <laughs> And Ali's always said, "Oh, you should do it. You should do it. You should do it." Um, but, and I, I guess I, I wanted to. There is that creative side to it that I wanted to try, and I think I was just so scared. I'm a very like I, said, I was still deep down a very shy person, um, so I was terrified, and I still am of putting myself out there. And this was the one thing that Ali couldn't give me was the reassurance because he genuinely doesn't care um, about what mm-hmm. people say about him and what people think and to me that meant that i guess i'm just not a public person then i guess i'm just not Mm. a youtuber um because me and him are so different in this in this way but when the ptya started so that's the the youtube YouTuber academy there was 400 people who were terrified Mm. (laughs) they were all terrified they're all saying i can't do this. this is so scary i'm such a private person i've never put myself online before and i was like okay okay so people are feeling this thing and they're doing it anyway and I think that's what pushed me to start was that I do want to connect with people and I am, I'm so passionate about very weird things like reading and um, education and um, art and slightly minimalism maybe and just like talking about the human condition and existence and uh, psychology and physics even, things like this and all these random things that I just really want to talk about and I don't necessarily meet people um -hmm. easily in real life and i think youtube like you said it's it's not just ali but it's ali's youtube channel that like connected me and you um yeah so yeah it's things like this that i I just want to maximize those moments in my life wherein Mm -hmm. i I connect with people because um yeah i I hold genuine connection and interactions with people above everything else in my life and Mm -hmm. I'm weird in that it doesn't even need to be people who are alive. Like, I will read a book by Nietzsche and be like, oh, I connect so much with this guy. This is such a genuine human connection. I love it. Um, And obviously it's ideal if it's a real life person. So I think Mm. the internet allows you to do that. And yeah, I just want to maximize that, I guess. So it's such a long answer. (laughs) <laughs> no,
0: th- that was a very clear answer. And I think I totally agree with you on that. And, you know, I-, I like how you mentioned how there are some real fears, right, of putting yourself online because it's not something you've done before. The challenges that come with you setting up. And I remember you had a story where you burned your shirt to something. Oh like- my God, Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it was it like with a new light or something? Yes. And you just put your shirt so like
1: um so Ali was um d- d- convincing me to buy a, a good a, a decent light and the light mm-hmm. arrived um but I didn't have the soft box yet, so that's the thing that you put on top of it to like dim the light because it's literally yeah. it's like a lighthouse projector. It's like a sun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's so powerful. And I was shining it on myself at minimum and it was still like I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was my eyes were watering. I didn't have the softbox, and I thought, well I'll just you put a shirt on top of it and the shirt wasn't enough because it was too thin and I just stuffed the shirt on the light which in retrospect is absolutely stupid um and yeah it just caught on fire halfway through the video and uh, and I cried I had a breakdown I was like this is exactly why you should not start YouTube this is such a disaster um so yeah
0: but, but you see, like, I, I totally relate with you on this, right? There's, there's the fears and then there's the challenges of setting up. Like, equipment is not easy. Yeah.
1: How has it been for you? Have you had any moments where you're like, you've, you know?
0: Wow wow yes (laughs) uh for example with molly when we recorded she came over and we recorded the podcast and it was a lovely conversation we had such fun and then afterwards when i went to edit i realized that her audio file was corrupted
1: no was that a retake (laughs) then I, don't,
0: I was like Ali this is not working and he was like no we can't fix this the mic was not working and I was like oh great oh, so then I had to message Molly being like I'm really sorry
1: but we had to do it again oh my god that was something so horrible I can't imagine
0: I know she was really nice about it but I just felt terrible imagine having to have the same bloody conversation twice let's hope it doesn't happen today but yeah (laughs) no but this is fine because when we record online it's fine it's just when in person because the other mic that Ali has sometimes it it acts up oh my gosh! so it's Ali's fault yeah basically yeah um but yeah so I feel like this is these things are a bit challenging sometimes Mm and then uh, but you know, also I had to learn all of the tech. I didn't know any of it, whether it's the equipment or the the editing online, and like finding a, a music to put in the background. I was like, how
1: do I do this? <laughs> oh my god yes yes yes
0: and i mean ali bless him he was patient but also uh, he would say things like okay you need to go on anchor and create an account this is where you will host the podcast and then it will go on the platform so i was like what does that
1: mean exactly exactly (laughs) Exactly. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, it, it's just you feel stupid because it's things that you don't know, and you're trying to learn, and it, it all becomes very easy once you do it. But before that, it's a bit overwhelming. It's a bit intimidating. But yeah, no, <laughs> you know, yeah, the yeah. usual. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But then, okay. So how? How's like? Obviously, you've reached sixteen thousand subscribers. That's a very big big achievement in three months um but what has been like the high in these three months
1: oh my god that's such a difficult question um i mean you're monetizers, right now so maybe that <laughs> yes as, as of a day ago um yes uh i think i think to answer this the most surprising thing was that the growth did not make me happy um Wow, it just made me terrified. I I was like I, I cried not from happiness from fear. I felt just so paralyzed and scared. and it was another moment wherein I thought, I'm this is not right for me, perhaps because I would see these Instagram photos of people with like balloons with fifty k, 100 K, one mm. million celebrating happy, smiling, and I was like, there is something wrong about me because when I hit my 10k, I was just, I was like, oh no, I can't do this. Oh no, 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 no. They don't realize, they don't realize I'm not a 10K channel. This is not, no, 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 You're subscribing for the wrong reason. Um, it was, I, I just wanted to backtrack. And like, I've, I just wanted to like put out a video saying, guys, stop, stop, please, please, pause, pause. It's too much. Just, <laughs> just stop subscribing. Exactly. <laughs> like, you don't understand. You don't understand. I'm not this person. Um, this is like, it, I'm not ready. And I just felt that there was an expectation there that I'm not ready to feel. I'm still like- figuring this out and I was so scared because a lot of those people came from my vlog with Ali and Mm -hmm. I was like I'm setting up the wrong expectations I'm not a vlogger um I am not funny I like to talk about books and study methods and I just really freaked out um but I think what calmed me down was someone in, in the academy told me look at actually where those subscribers are coming from and very few of them were actually coming from that video um like they were yep. coming to my channel because of that video but they were subscribing on my other videos which really calmed mm-hmm. me down because I was like oh okay 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 I was like okay Elizabeth people are not stupid um you're stupid
0: <laughs> and you needed a rational explanation, I needed didn't a rational
1: explanation of what was going on but yes I, I don't think um I think happy moments are genuinely my dms um mm-hmm. when people say that hey um I think every day I get two or three people who say I started a youtube channel because of you um and that just warms my heart (laughs) so much uh or when people uh when people say oh this is like when 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 i felt that i've been helpful in some way that makes me feel good but um i think yeah it's been more terrifying than anything else (laughs) honestly um yeah.
0: But it's very new. It's, it's still great. very new. And I think that's very normal. Like, it would be weird if you were not a bit terrified. <laughs> so, it's scary. good. But <laughs> <That's laughs> this is all good. And um, I think even with like, with me, with the podcast, you know, it's very new still. And I do worry how people are going to react to it, whether they're going to like it or not. So, it- it's always a bit, you know. It's okay we, we we will get there sometimes when we will be comfortable with it and we can get balloons yeah. when you when you hit fifty k we're gonna get balloons okay <laughs> because when Ali hit one million I insisted on balloons and he said no so at yeah so with you we're gonna get the balloons
1: at 50K. <laughs> I, I hope um, by then I'll be like I, I'll just get used to the fact that's not actually a big deal um and they're they're, they're good they're, they're good parts about it though because I feel like I've discovered something that I really enjoy um I think I stay awake until like 5am, 6am thinking of video ideas and editing and I'm not tired. Um, That's good. And it's it's a shower job. I define things by them being my shower time job. And like my work with Ali is my shower time. That sounds really weird. But like um, <laughs> what I mean is it's it's those, it's when you when you have, like when I work in customer service or retail, um, it's not my shower time job. I'll do it there. And I am, but before I've even taken, you know, my name badge off, I'm, I'm home i it, yeah. sometimes half of the time i'm working i'm home i'm not there um mm. but work with ali on, on 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 the projects and work on youtube is a, is something that i will get into the shower and i'm thinking about it i'm like how mm. can i make this better what can we do for like you know ali's channel or my channel now because mm. this is still very new but um how can i improve things um mm. what and that's when i know that i've kind of found something that i'm really passionate about um mm-hmm. if i'm you know up at night about it and in the shower about it so that's my metric and i definitely feel that about youtube as um as much as i hate it um i um, i also feel I, I hate sorry the thought of like the word youtuber or god yeah. forbid the Influencer. i word oh my god yeah that word it kills me it kills me it kills me um i I do not want it please do not be influenced by me please i'm just trying to say like what i'm doing and but don't let it influence you please i like ah but yeah so um
0: Okay. So now, you know, you have the YouTube, you're going to become a doctor soon. You have the newsletter as well. Yes. Also, I will link all of these in the notes. I- um, so um, tell me what's the plan now when you look to the future? Where's Liz going with all of this?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think I think m- after this week, um, I- I'm still firmly grounded on like medicine is kind of the most important like one of the most important things to me um and definitely like being a a medic youtuber um it has its kind of challenges i guess um Mm -hmm. and i want to be very cautious about things that i do and do them right and um because medicine still remains i think one of my main priorities i do want to be a clinician and i absolutely love it to some capacity at least part-time um so definitely still going down the medical path um, YouTube was a fun project that I gave myself four years. So I have two more years of medical school and two years of foundation training that I was like, Oh, you can spice it up by having a YouTube channel on the side and then see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, I think a fun project that I do because, because I enjoy on the side. Um, and I think like the dream would be, I guess, Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I think it would be something of doing medicine part-time, perhaps doing maybe youtube or i would love to have a podcast honestly oh it's so much less <laughs> pressure so um, <laughs> so much less editing oh true yeah yeah so maybe like maybe if i would be a science communicator in some sort of way um and yeah just talking about my weird interests about you know philosophy and and and, and life on on a newsletter hopefully um if i ever get good at that and just just following my interests I guess and seeing where those take me I, I, I I'm not I'm not too set I don't have a, a solid plan um mm-hmm. life changes so much um so I've oh, yeah. given up on that but um yeah. but yeah so then I have like a question for you on this so how how do you see your future and how do you plan things because I mean I'm trying to pressure you into starting a newsletter too um
0: <laughs> trying is a very soft word
1: (laughs) maybe maybe we'll be linking both of them um so yeah how how do you how do you plan your future
0: it's a very interesting question I've also been thinking about this a lot because you know just like you I have so many side projects Mm -hmm. um obviously I have my day job and then outside of that I I try to write online and writing for me is very fun when I know what I'm writing about but at the moment the the one thing I've been thinking about is what I want to write about I don't know if I've told you this but I've been I've discovered this new niche that I really want to talk about which is knowledge equity oh no you have not told me about this no and I haven't published a post about it yet I wrote one massive blog um, and now I'm scared (laughs) of publishing it It's just because I feel like I'm talking about something that I don't have a lot of experience on. So it's a bit it's a bit scary to put it out there. So what I've done instead is I've sent it to someone I know who is kind of the person who coined the term knowledge equity. Okay. Um so I send it to her being like, Hey, I would really appreciate any thoughts on this. So hopefully she'll get back to me. Um but yeah, so I I found writing online really interesting which is why I am kind of convinced by you to start the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um and I have the podcast and obviously now I'm thinking so Ali keeps telling me to film the podcast right. He's like start a YouTube channel and put the videos there. Yeah. Um so maybe next season this is what's going to happen. Because also I think I should say this is the last episode of season 1. Ooh. So um Elizabeth you got to be, you know, my final parking guests <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um yeah so this is the 20th episode has been absolutely mad I don't know how this happened um but <laughs> yeah I, I definitely want to keep going but I think with season two of the podcast I want to make things a bit Different in the sense that I want to have not just learn about the person's journey, but also have maybe some sort of conversation about a certain topic or a certain theme, or have um, specific things that I want to discuss when it comes to you know um, leadership and gender equality and all of that. So I'm still trying to think about this and think how to plan this. And this is very exciting for me planning this. As you said, this is the things that you think about when you're showering, or <laughs> <All> these <laughs> are things that you think about when. I'm I'm going on my walks every day exactly. um, so yeah I've been thinking about this and I love it because once I'm done with my job in the evening what I do is kind of try to brainstorm the podcast or brainstorm what I'm writing but my approach to this which I think might be useful to you as well is um, I've decided that I need to identify kind of a true north you know so this is the one thing that I am working towards in the long term Run, You know, what is something that I really care about or one thing that I would like to be known for. And then everything else that you do, whether it's, you know, your education, your job, your side projects, it should be either giving you a skill or pushing you towards that direction. You know, I love that. Yeah. yeah, so that's been quite useful because I was thinking, oh, you know, I care a lot about women empowerment. I also care a lot about um, education and I care a lot about research. And obviously I'm a scientist as well. And I care about business <laughs> too. So it's just like, okay, there's a lot of random interest, but what's the common factor? What do I really care about? And this is how I came up with knowledge equity, which is trying to, you know, um, bring in people with lived experiences more into the conversation and all of that. So that's why now I'm trying to make, everything work towards that either gaining some skills or giving me experience that will be useful for that and I'm just I've just come up with this uh, I am in no way already <laughs> working towards that but that's the plan
1: <laughs> oh I love it I love it can I just give you one small piece of advice um, of course like take it um on the so when you earlier when you said earlier that you'd written something but you didn't want to publish it because you don't yeah. know enough about it um I think like this is so common in, yeah, and everyone, perhaps more as women, we a bit more. Um, oh, yeah, we feel this a bit more. But I think, um, I think, have you heard of the Dunning Kruger effect? Um, yes. Yep. Yeah. So I would, I would just use that a rule of thumb. So basically, it's that when you when you start something and you don't know a lot about it, you you um, you learn very very fast, and you feel amazing. But then you also learn. Um, so this is not. I'm not explaining it to you. Sorry, I'm explaining it to anyone who's listening. Um, who <laughs> of course, please it. do, please um, do. But just yeah. um, so we have a bit of context. So, but then you also start learning very fast about what successful people are doing in that field, and you feel mm. that okay, I, I actually don't know anything, and that is paralyzing. So I think mm. um, the more that you research it without having put anything out on it in the first place, you run into that risk of being that I'm not the right person to talk about this. Um, yeah so I think like my advice would be I would literally just publish the thing that you have even if it's terrible because it isn't mm. art and um again like guessing, you did the right thing like reaching out to someone who's an expert in that thing. pretty yeah um but I think yeah I think not overthinking it because for example looking at Ali's setup for YouTube oh mm-hmm. my god I was like I could never I could never it's mad I can't yeah insane I was like I could never be that I could not do that this cannot be my life but then you realize that it's just literally putting up your phone um yeah and, like,
0: you don't need all of this right this mm-hmm. just comes afterwards exactly to make it to make it prettier
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so um it's, it's that kind of thing that you know you're interested in something you talk about it as long as you don't you know scam which you <laughs> probably probably you not doing um <laughs> painting yourself something that you not but, but yeah i think it's fine um because the, the more you start researching the more you feel like you don't know anything and that's definitely been the case for me in like almost everything that i do so i think it's the key is like getting in there as soon as you have that mm-hmm. first stroke of um kind of inspiration and yeah before you start feeling that oh wait actually <laughs> there's a lot more to this that i don't oh think. yeah um,
0: which is why I think I, I, what I did was the first one, I kept it very much to, I just discovered this exists and I, I am interested in this for these reasons mm-hmm. and therefore I'm going to start reading a bit more about this and writing about this. So I think I should definitely post it. Yeah. I feel like it's okay. You're right. I will post it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Good>. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I have a final question for you. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, reflecting on your whole career and any time from your life, really, but um, what's one time where you felt like, you know, your work was really impactful and you were glad that this is the path that you chose? Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I feel like I have separate moments for my different jobs for this.
0: Oh, go for it.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, I think, like, the PTYA with Ali was... Mm-hmm definitely one of those moments where i thought oh my god i could do this full time um i just i love 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 helping people um it's Mm -hmm. like you can say it's fully selfish probably is definitely is actually um but i love you know trying to solve problems for people and making them feel better about themselves and um because a lot of youtube is about you know self-confidence and reframing the way that you see things to allow yourself to just allowing yourself to do things and giving yourself permission um Mm-hmm. And kind of dealing with a lot of you know negativity and how to um, how to overcome that. And I think having a conversation with someone and having them leave feeling better, um, and that's mm-hmm. what happened so often in the PTYA, was just so beautiful for me. And it's it's like I said, it's just those moments that genuinely make my life. Um, and that was very very big. I think um, also that happens a lot with Ali answering his emails. Um, Sometimes I'm naughty and I answer in his voice. Um, (laughs) It's because um, it'll be like a fan or someone who, oh, this is horrible. Uh, But like, there'll be a fan who will say something. I just feel really, like Ali genuinely would not have the time to answer hundreds of of fan emails. Sometimes i send something and people will respond saying, oh my God, like, I can't believe you said this. I'm so happy, (laughs) like I'm crying right now. This is the best day of my life. And I feel very guilty, but it's like, it's also genuine joy I think on the other side so mm. um so yeah I won't I won't do that very often but I will do it sometimes <laughs> and, um or I'll tell Ali um I always tell him if there's some very nice males um so mm. there, there, there's the, those moments and I think in medicine I overthink this a bit I think but I think it's what it's what fuels me to love medicine so much and um I definitely get called on out on it when I sometimes mention it to older doctors and they're like oh my god look at the kids look how they feel. I like will not feel like this in 15 years, which is true, probably true. Um, yeah. That I genuinely feel that um, in hospital, I'm so lucky to be there. Um, and I get this feeling about medicine all the time. And I get this feeling about YouTube. I get this feeling about working with Ali. I get this feeling about everything that I like. is like, I'm so lucky to be here right now because um, like, I think the way that we lay down memory is very much a function of how we're feeling at the moment. And when we're in a very distressed state, state which happens very often when people are in hospital something that's a second to us is laid down as though it was half an hour to them and they will remember every small interaction so I'm trying to be very aware that even the way that I'm holding the muscles of my eye and what my eyebrows look like right now even non-verbal mm. communication and my tone and the way that I'm treating people and listening to people and talking to people even as a very very insignificant medical student is probably something that they will remember um, and something that will affect them. So I feel as though it's very difficult to not be significant when you're in hospital, no matter mm-hmm. who you are. Um, and I feel as though those moments are so impactful every time I'm there. I really, really like actively try to think this all the time. Probably should be paying more attention to, <laughs> to the medical conditions, which I am. I, I promise I am. But also yeah. each part of me feels um, that I'm just so lucky, um, to, to, to do this. And whenever someone feels slightly, slightly better or slightly listened to, or, um, if I can solve just the smallest thing, it genuinely makes me so happy. Um, so yeah, I think, I think those are wow
0: that's very wholesome and i think you're right like you know being grateful is so important just because it keeps you grounded and then you are happy with your situation right because you are so grateful for everything so that's definitely a good way of approaching it um very very wholesome thank you for sharing that with us <laughs> oh you're welcome um yeah so i think that's pretty
1: much it unless there's something you would like to add oh yeah think I think I'll I'll end it. I think I'll end it there. Oh, no, actually, actually, no, one thing I would add, sorry, sorry. Yeah. um, Is that, um, like, I think one thing that's been a massive change for me is I spent so much time when I was younger thinking what I will do with my life. um, Mm. And I wanted to make this one decision when I was 16. Um, It would have to be a decision set in stone that are you going to be a doctor um, or are you going to be a a physicist? And Mm. are you going to drop art forever are you going to follow art um are you going to you know put yourself out there or are you not going to do it and i think that like you can do everything <laughs> to some extent and mm-hmm. doing a bit of everything i think is very very important um I, I i like i don't know who said this originally but i think it might have been a val or something that said that you should live your life like ancient greeks wherein you know they're soldiers at one point and then they become um you know, politicians and then they become philosophers and um they you're not just one person forever and Mm -hmm. i think you can have it all in a way um again it might look very different to what you imagined um definitely my life life looks so different to what i imagined um but i'm still doing the things that i wanted to do in in Mm -hmm. one shape or another so i think keeping that in mind not throwing your dreams away and not thinking that oh i can't do this and that like you can be you know um a scientist and an artist and a whatever you want. So I think keeping that always in the back of your mind and taking up those opportunities when you see them that, oh, actually this would you know fill in my desire to want to do this thing and um, I can pursue it. And yeah, I think that's what the main thing I would say and don't listen to like negative people and uh, negative things online, please.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I think my final parting thing is that um it's been a lovely first season. I am very, very grateful for everybody who's been on the podcast. It's been so lovely chatting to everyone. And also thank you to everyone who's ever listened. Uh I just think, oh my god, these people are spending one whole hour listening to <laughs> what we have to say
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yes oh yeah oh yeah no pressure
0: um <laughs> <laughs> no pressure at all and I was like, well but I'm very grateful as you said as well I'm really grateful for this opportunity and for the fact that you know I have so many wonderful friends that um have agreed to be on it to talk about their experiences and their journeys and yeah I've learned so much and I think I will write a blog about this i need to right yeah what, what did i learn from my first season of the podcast so keep an eye on that <laughs> um but yeah and then watch out for season two it's going to be a lot more wonderful things so it'll be slightly different but still with the same goal in mind so yeah thank you elizabeth for being here today thank and i look forward to welcoming you back with your um 100 000 followers oh my god shane <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you all right bye bye